name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Bishop Basil sends his love to you all. His memories of his many visits to St. Athanasius are full of great joy for him. I was with him this week and uh, had a wonderful time with him. And uh, he sends his greetings to us all. Today we um, continue our celebration of the Holy Dormition of the Mother of God, a woman of great faith from her birth of Joachim and Anna, a woman whose faith was steadfast uh, throughout her life and maintains that faith that even now through our prayers to her, uh, our petitions are answered. So a strong faith uh, in the mother of a, uh, in her is a great blessing to us all. We see the faith of the apostles in the midst of great struggle. They are reviled, they're persecuted, they're slandered, they are called the refuse of the world, the offscouring of all things, yet their faith may, is maintained steadfastly. So we see the great faith of the apostle. We see also in the gospel text uh, the Lord rebuking uh, the apostles and the man for not having enough faith. O faithless generation, he says. And that probably could be said to all of us. Do we have faith? The faith of the mother of God, the faith of the apostles. I was reading uh, on my time this week from St. John of Kronstadt. He says this about faith. If we have faith, then we can say this from the depth of our heart, God is everything to me. God is everything to me. And he says, if we say this, and this is our faith, to us it becomes a priceless treasure. And we act calmly in every estate, rich in poverty, generous and kind in times of wealth, and not losing hope even after we have sinned. Faith. Is God everything? When I read that, my heart leapt and then it sank. Because <laughs> that's what I want. You know, it's like that's what I want. I want God to be everything to me. And then it sinks because He's not. Because He's not. And so I pray today that this liturgy, and this homily will help us move our faith up a notch. You know, perhaps we can't move it to that place where he's absolutely everything to me. I pray that that's your desire. And if your desire is there and then we match our desire with action, uh, God will help us move to that place where we can truly say God is everything and then we can be calm in every estate. To me, that's such an encouraging thing. If God is everything to me, then whatever happens to me, I'm calm. If God is everything to me, whatever comes to me is from His hand for my salvation, and I rejoice in it. What, what, a, what a joyful way to live life, that God has planned this day for your salvation. Did you know that? 
when you got up this morning? He said, aha, Vern, I'm going to save you today. I'm going to save you today, Austin. God had specifically planned a day for you, for your salvation. Now, if we can live that life as God is everything to me, then that we'll taste that salvation every day. So may God help us in that. So how do we look at faith? What can help us in regard to this so that we can move our faith to this place where God is everything? First and foremost, we must understand and experience the reality of the spiritual world. You know, we live in this world where this, is, this exists, and this floor exists, and this priest exists, these vestments exist, but there's another reality. And I remember Father Richard pounded us into us. He said, that other reality is the greater one. We think this is the great one. We think the thing we live here is the great reality. It's not the great reality. It's the lesser reality. The greater reality is the reality of the kingdom of heaven. And it doesn't exist like far away from us. It exists here with us now. The Lord says we're temples of the Holy Spirit. That God is with us. And that that life is not like heaven and earth. It's like this, heaven and earth. So today, worshiping with us are the angels and the saints as we worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What a powerful thing to have this sense of the greater reality. To understand that that reality, and, and we can taste it when we pray, we, we smell it when we come to church. You smell it? <laughs> Smelling it. We smell it. Wonderful. We love the odor of heaven. We see heaven here. We see those who reside in heaven all around us. What a joy that is. What a sense of the greater reality. We have to learn to live there and understand that that's the reality God wants us to live in. I was thinking, you know, how does, how does God allow us to do this? One way he allows us to do this is through the fast. You know, we are called to be temples of the Holy Spirit. You know what gets in the way of that? Your body. Your, self, your lack of self-control. As soon as you begin to curb your habits, your bodily habits, beginning with the fast, you can begin to experience your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So why do you fast? Because you want to experience the greater reality. And that's the joy of the fast. Is it calms your bodily appetites so you can experience the greater reality. You know, if your bodily appetites are always screaming at you, then you're held down to this reality. Every time you start moving in a certain direction, the refrigerator calls you. It says, you know, there's an ice cream cone in there. That ice cream cone calls your name out. Okay? Maybe that TV program calls your name as you walk by, you know? Maybe that baseball game calls your name. Now, all those things in and of themselves are not bad things, but they weigh us down if we're not in control of them. So, beloved, fast. Fast to experience the greater reality. Not just as some obligation, but that our heart can soar to God and that we can live in this reality of heaven. The other 
uh, thing we must do to experience the reality of the spiritual world is to, uh, and I say this and I'll qualify it, you have to overcome your reason. You know, children don't have to worry about that. Peter, you have to worry about that. Yet. <laughs> but you will one day. Okay? What's that mean? It means that our faith is reasonable, but it's beyond reason. I'm going to say that again. Our faith is reasonable, but it's beyond reason. If you let reason guide you, you'll hit a ceiling and not experience a greater reality. For instance, if I look at this icon of the Lord, and I say, is that a picture? What's your answer? You better say yes. Because it is a picture. I'm going to go over and look. Let me see. Yep, it's wood and paint. Is this a picture? Yes. Is it more than a picture? Yes. We look through it. Beloved, you look through it. When we come to an icon, we don't look at the icon. We look through the icon as a window to something greater. To what? The greater reality. What a joy. Now, reasonably, we look at it and we see a picture. But beyond our reason is the reality of heaven. So we have to be able to step into that spot. So when you come today to take Holy Communion, is it bread and wine? Say yes. Because I'm telling you, it's bread and wine. I can look at it and I can taste it and I'm saying it's bread and wine. That's reasonable. But is it, what else is it? It's the body and blood of Christ. That's beyond reason. That's the mystery. You have to see that. We don't throw our reason away. We look at a candle, <coughs> a candle <coughs> and say, is that a candle? Is this a physical light? Yes. But when we look through it, what do we see? The light of the greater reality. You see that? So we, we live in this beautiful place where we can see the reality, the reasonable reality of things in front of us. But we have to look through them to see the greater reality. And our heart soars. It's lifted. There's a great prayer to the Mother of God where it says, Raise me above this world's confusion. Are you confused at times in this world? You know, what, what can raise you above the world? What can raise you above the world? The greater reality. Experience it. Experience it. So, what else can help us in this? The reality of the spiritual world. Faith is described by St. Paul as the substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. And we look at that, and I believe that in, for us is most particularly Holy Communion. We come to commune. The substance of things hoped for. Substance, bread and wine, but what's hoped for? The body and blood. The substance of things hoped for. We see the body and blood of Christ, we take it, and we pray that it's not unto our judgment or unto condemnation, but for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. The substance of eternal life is in Holy Communion. What a joy that is. What's, some, what's something to draw us and keep us lifted above and living in this greater reality? 
Um, and then finally, this idea of the, the faith being the evidence of things not yet seen. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Uh, you know, our faith is scientific. If you do certain things, certain things will happen. If you do certain things, you will find God. If you do certain things, your sins will be forgiven. If you do certain things, your heart will draw nearer to heaven. It's scientific. It works. It's worked for centuries over and over again. That's why we read the lives of the saints and we read their teaching because they have gone before us and we follow their example and their teaching so that we can live in this greater reality. So what are the things that we are asked to do? One is we're asked to pray, to become people of prayer, so that our prayer takes us to the greater reality. And I want to share something with you because this, this may discourage you, but hopefully encourages you. Your heart never stays in the same place. It's always moving. And, if, if, and in, your, in your soul, you, you sow wheat or you sow tares. When you pray, you're sowing wheat. If you don't pray, guess what's growing there? Tares. So pray. Pray. You know, that's a little, that's kind of a, you know, God has a way. It's a beautiful way. He always draws us with something great. If we pray, we sow wheat. But then there's that little negative, that little two-by-four behind us. If we don't, what happens? We sow tares. We don't want tares. So we pray. And we pray with that in mind, that we're sowing wheat. Sow wheat. Draw near to God. Pray, pray, pray. Let your soul always be in movement toward God. And the other thing we can do to stir our heart and move toward God is to confess our sins. You know, I, it, it's a sad thing for us, and I, I think for me as a pastor that I haven't encouraged you more to confess. And maybe perhaps not giving you opportunities to or taught you enough on this, but it's, it's one of the great sacraments. It's, the great, it's a great sacrament of the church, and it allows your heart to soar to God. Because you know what weighs us down many times? is our sin. We try to lift up, try to move forward up to heaven and experience a great reality. You know what's holding us back? Our sin. And you know what confession does? It wipes it away. It wipes it clean. And now, having no further care for the sin which you have confessed, depart in peace. That's the last words the priest says to you. Do you want to have no care for the sin? Then confess. Confess more. Saturday night, give me a call. Give the priest a call. It's a great blessing. You know, it's scientific. If you confess, you're forgiven. If you confess, your life, you're lighter. Life is lighter. And then finally, I just want to encourage you to live a life of thanksgiving to God. When we thank God and begin to see the good things God has done for us, even if, even if most stuff in our life is not good, if we can find just the few things that are good, 
our heart lifts to heaven. It's not weighed down by the disappointments of life. And we can live there. It's very easy to live in disappointment. What's hard to do sometimes is to live in thanksgiving when those disappointments are there. But you can think of a few things. One is that God loves you. And God has given you breath today. God has given you a beautiful day. God has given you friends. God has given you this liturgy. God has given you the saints. God has given you the angels. One in particular that's with you right now, your guardian, who stays with you always. So there's so many things we can be thankful for. Allow your heart to be thankful because in thanksgiving your heart soars. In thanksgiving your heart touches the greater reality because it begins to understand that God is your helper. Our hope is not in this world, but it's in Christ. So, with all these things, beloved, I pray that my faith, that your faith, uh, is at that place where we can say, God is everything to me. And that we can be calm in every estate. Whether we're poor, we can be rich. If we're wealthy, we can be generous. And even if we have sinned, in confession and repentance, we can have hope. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.